Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Please take your seats quickly, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Passing Shot and an emergency podcast from Joel and Kim, because we have literally probably had one of the most dramatic last hours, um, last hour even of the US Open in certainly in recent memory. Novak Djokovic has been defaulted from the tournament playing Karenio Buster um, in the first set. And yeah, it's it's been it's been totally shocking to be honest um twitter has already gone into meltdown i was kind of watching um and kind of looking at kind of live text updates on my phone kim you were watching it live so i think we should probably start there i mean what was your kind of instant reaction to to kind of when it happened because he had just been his server just been broken and that was when the kind of the situation started yeah, I don't really know where to start, Joel. Like, there's so much to talk about. It's it's madness. Um, yeah, I was watching it, and to be fair, like when I first saw the the picture of the um, the line judge, you know, sort of collapsed to the ground, clutching her throat. I just assumed she'd had some sort of medical hiccup, you know, because I hadn't seen uh, on the footage Novak having hit the ball. So I was kind of like, oh god, I hope she's all right. You know, get her medical attention. Um, and then they, they cut away to the image of him having hit the ball back and you sort of then put two and two together like, oh, he's hit her. Um, but to be fair, like my first thought was I didn't think anything about a default or a disqualification. It was only when I went on Twitter, as you do when such matters happen, you go on straight on tennis Twitter and everyone was sort of saying, oh, surely he's going to be defaulted. And then I was like, oh, my word, of course, because that that is the rules. If you hit someone, um, you know, out of play if you you know you hit the ball deliberately uh, and then it hits someone um on the court or in the crowd then you're out um and a rule is a rule so off, off he's gone I, I don't honestly not expecting this at all I mean who was but it's just absolute like wow I mean we were talking about it literally on on whatsApp uh as soon as you know as soon as it happened and it, I think it was one of those ones where there is that you know if this was um if he had not just been broken you you might look at it like he was kind of hitting the tennis ball to the the ball boys um mm, you know in the corner yeah, yeah um you know to give them the ball um as kind of tennis players do um and i, I know i wonder if that was you know it, it maybe for some people it might look like that but i feel like you know from what i got the sense of and kind of looking it back on, on replay it, it i got the sense that he he had got he had been broken uh, he was frustrated and he hit the ball away in frustration wasn't aware that you know a um a line judge uh you know was where the ball was going um he didn't you know i think it's it's safe to say he didn't mean to 
he didn't mean to hit her, you know, in the throat with a tennis ball, of course. Um, but it was just, you know, it's just one of those things where he's hit the ball and it's hit someone on the court. And it wasn't like it was hit with, um, you know, very softly. Um, and it hit in a, a quite a, a delicate area as well. And, you know, you have to be, I guess you have to be accountable for your actions. And I think as soon as you kind of see the, his face and his reaction, he knew like he was in trouble, didn't he? Yeah, I think like when you were saying, you know, he didn't hit it softly and it it was almost like, you know, he was hitting it like as they do to the back of the court, you know, for the ball kids to kind of collect them. That's actually what I first thought when I saw him just hitting it. But because it didn't seem like he was hitting it with sort of a a massive amount of malice or anger. Like, obviously, he was pissed off because he just got broken. And as context, you know, he'd had three break points on Pablo Carreno Buster's serve to, you know, to take the set. And, you know, Pablo Carreno Buster fought his way back and held and then broken Novak. Uh, Novak had also had uh, halfway through that previous game, uh, he'd fallen awkwardly on his uh, left shoulder and he had to stop in the middle of the game to get the physio on court um, to have a look at that. So he's obviously maybe thinking, you know, got a shoulder issue that suddenly emerged, you know, Um, then he loses his serve. And yeah, it's, it's interesting though, because if the ball had hit her, like we're going into the realm of if some, you know, what ifs now, but if the ball had hit the line judge on like her foot or her shin, would it, would it, would we be in the situation because it might have just hit her on the foot and she might have been like, ow, that was a bit painful, but whatever. But the fact that it was the throat, a really difficult area, you know, she sort of went down to the ground. It didn't sound very good on the audio, you know, it, it genuinely, you know, you were scared for her. So I know a rule is a rule, but if it had hit her somewhere else or I don't know, it's, it's, it's tricky, isn't it? Which is probably why they took so long to decide because they were really taking a, a good five ten minutes to actually come to the decision. Yeah, and we'll we'll get on to that because there are definitely some kind of criticisms of the feeling that he, you know, was almost kind of like in kind of special territory because he was world number one and got more kind of thinking time than, a, say, a Nick Kyrgios. But let, we'll get on to that in a sec because I think it is an interesting point you raised that yes, there is a rule in place, uh, you know, about this sort of thing that it leads to a default. Um, but, you know, we were, again, we were talking before the podcast about whether there should be, you know, uh, leniency or sort of an interpretation of the rule on the court. And, um, you know, I was kind of thinking back to, you know, examples of where, you know, people have been hit on a, on a tennis court and two kind of really, you know, for me that kind of stand out that are almost kind of on opposite ends of the spectrum. Um, for British fans, many will know um, Shapovalov uh, in Davis Cup uh, for Canada. I mean, he hit a ball full whack um, and it hit the umpire um, in his match against Carl Edmund and that led to an instant default. And, you know, everyone was like, "That's that was 100% the correct decision. Um, so that's like on kind of one end of the scale. And then on the other end of the scale, I think you've got something like, uh, you know, like last week, I don't know if any of our listeners saw um, Aliash Bedene um, in his in one of his um, Cincinnati open matches. He kind of hit a ball um, outside the court behind the railings. It hit a cameraman. The cameraman was absolutely fine. It just kind of uh, lightly patted him, I think, um, you know, on the shoulder or, on, or on, in the head area. He kind of said to the, the tournament organiser, look, I'm absolutely fine. You know, no, no bother. Um, but the, you know, the, um, the umpire brought 
the uh, I think brought the organizer tournament organizer onto the court to discuss a potential default but I think there it was a bit more kind of the interpretation was kind of applied and it was almost kind of like common sense prevailed in terms of the cameraman wasn't really you know wasn't really hurt let's just move on there was a penalty but it wasn't a default and I think you know it, it, it sounds like you know if there is a kind of a scale at play here you know whether there should be some sort of um you know, and some sort of um, ability to uh, make an interpretation, you know, having, you know, just before we come back to you, Kim, I'm sure you've got some thoughts on this, but I feel like even if that interpretation does exist, I still think Djokovic should have been defaulted because, you know, you're looking it back on, on camera. It just, it, it doesn't look good. Any, any way you look at it, he's not looking, he's not in control of the situation. He's frustrated you know, I think there's only, I still think there's only one outcome, even if you do apply some sort of, um, you know, alleviation to the, you know, to a sort of scale that that might exist. Yeah, like if you do introduce a scale, you know, there's so much then, there's so much room for interpretation. And I do think it could be misused by organisers who are keen to keep big names in the draw, you know, for financial reasons or etc. So I do think it is better to maybe just have a cut and dry rule, although, yeah, because although obviously his intention was not to hit the person, um, his action, you know, like you said, you have to be accountable. And at the end of the day, it was a totally unnecessary thing for him to do to hit that ball, you know, to take it out of his pocket and hit it. Um, and we'd seen him, I don't exactly know, but a couple of minutes before, you know, really whacking one in anger as well, which, you know, didn't hit anyone. But you know, so he was kind of building up to it. And we've seen him in other matches in the past where he's sort of done something similar. Mm, I think there was a yeah. uh, Roland Garros that almost hit someone. So it's kind of maybe always uh, been brewing up to something. I don't know. I mean, I don't think of him as, as a player like who's got sort of massive anger issues, obviously. But, you know, if he's been warned maybe before and it's, it's had some near misses and... He's not sort of um, thought about that and thought, oh, actually, yeah, like I really shouldn't risk it. And then he's gone and done something like he, this is a massive lesson for him to learn, isn't it? So I, I do feel sympathy. I do feel sympathy for him. But, you know, I just at the end of the day, like, yeah, it's 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 not a nice way to go, is it? And, you know, I no one really wanted Pablo Crono Buster to like you don't want to win a match this way, do you? You don't you want to do it fair and square and get you know a big win but it's and we it looked like you know we were set for a really you know exciting match because yeah, you know, on, yeah. on our on our catch-up pod earlier we were kind of you know point blankly saying how many games is I know, PCB famous gonna win? Last words. <laughs> famous, exactly famous last words. it looked like it was going to you know certainly that first set you know looked very interesting you know Djokovic we you know with potential injury as well um was making it all kind of all dramatic honestly when I was kind of looking at my you know, WhatsApp, I actually had thought that Djokovic had retired uh, through injury as opposed to um, having a default. But um, yeah, I think, uh, you know, just on the point of kind of, you know, hit, you know, um, you know, hitting a ball in anger. I do wonder, you know, as a tennis player, I don't know, you know, what other tennis players think, but I always kind of think there is this sort of, you know, scale on, you know, there's obviously different ways you can show your frustration on on the court. And I always do think that if you hit a ball, that is, you know, yes, that is showing your frustration. But for me, that is like the one that has the most, um, that could have like almost kind of like the most consequence. You know, if you kind of, you can throw your racket, I think, in a controlled manner 
and it not kind of impact anyone or you could you know yell an audible obscenity and again it could have no it has no impact um you know on directly anyone in your kind of your vicin your vicinity your vicinity sorry your vicinity <laughs> so but- dramatic you can't speak Joel. <laughs> <laughs> i know i'm shaking but you know i think there is a you know again it, 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 but it is genuinely like kind of if you if you hit a ball in frustration you don't know even if you're well you know number one in the world and you're like really good with your tennis racket you don't know where that you know that ball could end up and you know it, it feels i do agree with you it feels like it has been kind of bubbling you know over time we've seen kind of this tendency i think from djokovic before where it has gone unanswered and you know it's a shame it's it's gone answered um you know at the at the US Open at a tournament where he you know he was favorite and you know we were talking about the fact that it it did feel like a procession and you know it, it um and it's and yeah he's he's i mean if he looks at himself in the mirror he's only i think he only re- has really got himself to blame yeah i think we did say at the start of the tournament like the only thing that might stop djokovic would be himself you know rather than someone else actually beating him and i was kind of implying oh you know he might get an injury or or perhaps you know his yeah i suppose the he might get embroiled in a really tough match and maybe self combust i don't know which is you know fairly rare but um yeah, I mean, I was thinking when he had his treatment for the shoulder, I was thinking, oh, what's going on here? You know, perhaps it's going to be a bit different to what we expected, you know, the match to go. And then didn't expect that to suddenly unfold. Uh, it's, you know, it's someone put on Twitter um, that this is going to be the first slam since 2004 that we haven't had uh, Federer, Nadal or Djokovic, um, you know, at the deep end of a slam. So that's 64 slams ago um, that none of, none of them at all were in the semifinals, which is absolutely crazy. And if we look at the rest of the draw, you know, there are no existing slam champions in that draw. So it is now a ginormous opportunity for one of them to come through and actually get their maiden slam. But, you know, we were talking about asterisks Um before the start of the tournament, you know, due to the pandemic, there being no fans, like Roger and Rafa not being there, other players not being there, like Stan. Is there going to be an asterisk now over whoever does win it? Because it'll be like, oh, that was the tournament where Novak was defaulted. Mm. Um, you didn't have to beat Novak to win. Maybe Is it's a double be- asterisk. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Oh, I mean, no, I don't, I don't, I don't think so. I think, I, I personally, I think I've, I've come around to the idea that this, you know, this tournament doesn't need an asterisk yeah. i i actually almost think there's an asterisk now against more so against his unbeaten record because i know um from what it from what i've been reading this does count as an official loss okay. um oh, right. so his so his unbeaten streak has technically ended. is is has ended mm. even though he has not you know uh well i mean some people would argue has not you know if technically lost a match but i mean he has done but you know uh, i mean i guess yeah it's i think it's interesting because it's obviously opened the door for you know everyone else in the tournament now who probably thought you know i could get so far but at the end of the day novak djokovic but might win but i think in the in the bigger picture as well you have to look at it in terms of him and the big three because 
you talk about the big three's dominance over the you know the last decade plus and you know i think we were already on a kind of a i think a 10 10 or 11 slam kind of winning streak for the big three and it is a bit of a shame i think that the fact that something like that is going to end um is going to end not because uh you know a new a, a player has kind of broken through and done something really incredible um you know that hasn't been done before but it's going to end because of a default. And I, I think that's a bit, you know, I think that's a bit kind of, it's almost a little bit kind of disheartening because, you know, you want to, you want to see, I guess the best players or, or the up and coming players kind of be tested to, you know, the absolute limits to kind of see, you know, where their game's at. And, you know, the fact that almost kind of Djokovic has, um, you know, defaulted, you know, oh, are we going to get that in the, almost kind of in the purest sense of the world, the fact that we don't have the, you know, the world number one anymore in in the tournament. Yeah, I mean, although we do all love a bit of a scandal um, and everyone sort of gravitates towards it and they love the drama, you know, you don't want something like this to happen, obviously. Um, and yeah, I mean, you have to think also, you know, there's been a lot of stuff happening this year where I would say Djokovic's reputation hasn't been the, the, the most sort of favoured uh, amongst tennis. You know, we had the, the Adria Tour, kind of scenario we had all his sort of stuff on instagram with people professing that you know water can cure everything and what have you and you know a lot of there's been a lot of critique of of novak and obviously that the ptpa in in recent days as well um so he's been sort of a bit of a you know there's been a lot of stuff going on uh, in the media around him so this has certainly not helped his case um, and there's going to be have a lot a- of furore over him, especially Joel. Actually, he hasn't he hasn't stayed for the press conference. He's left the site, so he's accepted the I think it's like the twenty thousand dollar fine for not attending press. Um, so he's we haven't had a statement from him. Uh, maybe it's better that he doesn't say anything in in anger, or I, I don't know what his state of mind will be right now. Um, on the court, he was trying to you know while the the decision making was going on he was trying to kind of you know downplay it we saw him kind of nervously smiling with the referee at the net and uh I think he was kind of trying to make the point that hey you can't surely default me now here at a grand slam you know on such a big scale but oh maybe he at the back of his mind he must have known and he was just trying to do what he could to change their mind maybe I mean I think he he realized kind of as soon as the organizer kind of stepped on court, the you know, the writing was mm. on the wall. I thought it would have been interesting. I mean, you know, we talk the fact that there's, you know, there's no fans there. So, you know, I, that's kind of interesting because I think like this situation, it could have been even more messy if there were fans there, because, you know, I'm thinking back to, you know, David Nalbandian at Queens when, you know, he was defaulted in that final and had to apologize on court to, you know, to everyone and then kind of explain mm. his actions. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, I wonder what the kind of the situation would have been and, and, and probably how it would have been different if, if there were fans there, because, um, you know, in, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a weird sort of way, this is kind of a, you know, in terms of defaults go, this is probably a very clean, you know, it's a very clean one in the sense that there's no fans there. He can literally go back. He doesn't even need to go back to the hotel where all the players are. He can literally go back to his, you know, his private home that he's kind of renting out. Um, and, you know, just kind of, 
you know, lay low until, you know, he's, he's needed or, or, or called upon. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, yeah. I mean, how do you, how do you see it? Do you think, you know, if there were fans, do you think it would have been a, you know, been, been a little bit different? Maybe the decision would have been quicker. Uh, because there would have been like I don't know seventeen thousand people. Oh, could you imagine yelling and screaming? Could you imagine? Uh, although I think you know, actually, not everyone is always looking at exactly what's going on. You know, if you're in the stadium, some people might not have known what was going on, and there might have just been a lot of like boos and whistles. I don't know. That would have been really interesting uh, to have had the crowd there for sure. Uh, but yes, it's just very. Strange. I was just, um, it's been 20 years since someone's been defaulted from a a singles match at a Grand Slam. Um, so this has been a long time coming. Stefan Kubek at the French Open in, in 2000. It's one of only five men's singles players to have been disqualified in a slam in the Open era. So pretty crazy. Um, I just, and Rafa and Roger must be I mean, I wonder, I want to know what they're thinking as well. Like at home, if they're sort of following what's going on, I, I want to know. But also I was wondering if, if maybe in hindsight, do you think this will give Novak more, um, more of a chance at the French Open? Like he'll have more time to practice on clay. He'll be more rested. I don't know. I was just sort of thinking, how is this going to influence his, his, the rest of his season? Is it going to weigh on his mind? Is he, is he going to bounce back? Is he like, you know, he's never had to deal with this before. So, uh, really interesting to see what you know what happens with that. Um, as for who's going to now win this tournament from the men's side, you'd have to be thinking Sasha Zverev has got a very good chance of making his first Slam final. Uh, you know, in coming from that top half of the draw, you know, Sitsipas must also be kicking himself that he didn't make it through to to be in there. Uh, and then you know, Team Medvedev, like either of them, surely you know they they would be the three that I'd be looking to the most. Uh, to be quite honest with you. Everyone in that top path will almost kind of been you know, breathing a, a, sigh, a sigh of relief because they will now genuinely think that, you know, a first Grand Slam final is in the offing. Alex Verev, you do think, has probably been the, the one of the biggest, most direct um, recipients of this, you know, arguably good fortune to him because, you know, he's found a very kind of, I mean, yes, he had Kevin Anderson, I think, in, in the first round, but you know, coming through that test, um, you know, he's looked very good since. I think he only served two double faults in his, uh, you know, his in his fourth round win. So, you know, I certainly think he's got the most. Um, he's got the most um, potential to gain. I mean, just kind of talking about, you know, we are the fans podcast, and you know, how do you kind of see, you know, the actions of Novak Djokovic um, being viewed by fans? Because I think there's going to be you know, almost kind of like the generalist viewpoint on, you know, this situation. There's obviously going to be the, you know, the the Djokovic fans viewpoint as well. And, you know, I, I do wonder whether kind of our Djokovic fans even become, are going to become even more, you know, um, you know, uh, drawing the you know the battle lines with you know the fact that they are they will stand behind his man you know regardless of whatever like it it is that he has done. Um, well, or do you, you think cool. you know this is a or do you think this is a you know a, a thing that has happened that actually has has maybe even turned fans off of Novak Djokovic because it is a you know it is such a it is such a, he is such a high profile player. This is such a high profile, you know, incident. Um, you know, I, I can think, you know, obviously we had Serena Williams versus, um, 
uh, who came, well, I think it was Serena Williams versus Kim Kleisters when, you know, we had that whole, um, you know, situation with, with the, uh, the I think the footfall and the line and the line judge there and it didn't it didn't as impact I think her as much but it was certainly very I think high profile like this like this moment but I wonder whether this is going to have more of a you know a damaging effect on his sort of um you know aura to you know to tennis fans yeah because you know I think in that Serena match was it that she got a she was down match point and then she got a point penalty mm. rather than getting a straight out match default. I, I can't remember yes. exactly. I may be yes. wrong. So forgive me, listeners, if we're not getting our facts right here. Um, I don't think it's diminished her reputation, you know, that much. I think at the time, yes, but, you know, people do sort of have a habit of forgetting things and, you know, people, you know, would gladly say she's the greatest female player of all time. Um, I guess the thing with Novak is that there's always been a bit of a... Um, you know, separation between him and Roger and Rafa. You know, we all kind of know that Roger and Rafa have a wider fan base. You know, that's probably not something that is is a massive surprise to people. Um, and there is a bit of a divide there. And you always kind of get the impression that Novak's always trying to kind of be a bit more loved uh, on the tour, um, which, you know, I think is a bit um, unfair that he doesn't, have more fans maybe like because you know he is an amazing tennis player so I do think sometimes you know people just overlook that um because they already have an allegiance to like Roger or Rafa or whatever but yeah I don't know I'm sure there'll be lots of Djokovic fans who are not proud of what he's done today and they can see that it was obviously not uh very good for him and for the sport uh, and there'll be some that will probably defend him to the death uh, but you know that's that's their decision they can do that if they want to um but yeah, sparks some debates, doesn't it? I mean, it almost, I mean, I've, I've again, I've been reading, you know, obviously we're, we're obviously kind of looking at what everyone is kind of saying on, on Twitter mm, and, yeah. you know, it almost does feel like this is an encapsulation of kind of, uh, you know, the 2020, almost kind of like the 2020 season. We're kind of like, it's almost kind of expect the unexpected. And, yeah, you know, we're in this, we're in this brave new world and we have no idea, you know, what we were, you know, what we were in for. And we've kind of been seeing that, I think, play out, um, you know, in terms of, as you said, kind of the, the starting with the exhibitions and the the Adria tour. Um, and then it kind of, you know, evolving onto the actual tour, you know, with the ATP and, and WTA circuits. And, you know, and it's, it's again, it's kind of it's kind of gone on from there. And, you know, this was not a situation I don't think anyone you know, no one was expecting kind of going into going into the tournament. And, you know, I think it will be very, I think it will be a shame. I think, you know, Djokovic might be thinking, you know, the fact that, you know, he wanted to use, it felt like he wanted to use the US Open as a platform, you know, to launch the PT, PTPA, um, you know, which, you know, he obviously did, you know, on the on the eve, um, you know, of the first of the first week. But, you know, he's now kind of almost kind of stolen his own headlines with, you know, negative publicity. And, you know, I think it's interesting in kind of in relation to kind of the PTPA, the fact that, you know, he has gone home. He's not really kind of fronted up to his actions. I mean, I mean, it does. That's not a great look if you kind of want to be the leader of this, you know, this new court, this new player association, does it? I mean, you you got to you got to you got to take it on the chin and, you know, I think you have to do that immediately. And he's obviously not, you know, uh, is there a, is there a case that he, you know, he should have been, he should have fronted up to the, you know, he should have fronted up to the the press straight afterwards. 
I think he could have done a lot to like damage limitation by yeah just coming out saying I'm really sorry I made a terrible mistake please don't you know the young kids who are growing up playing tennis don't follow what I've just done here you know um he could have totally made uh amends somewhat like by taking ownership and over what he'd done and yeah facing the press and being apologetic and um yeah, it's. I'm hoping this will be a, me- a big message to maybe players who are younger, who tend to get a bit annoyed and and have been in the habit of just doing these sorts of things on court. Maybe this will be a, a big kick up the bum uh, that you know this can have serious consequences. You know, you've he's lost his chance of winning another slam to get him you know closer to Rafa and Rogers lot. Um, he's you know lost all his ranking points in this tournament prize money you know okay that may not matter too much to him you know he's obviously very well off but um you know it's just like there's a lot at stake and you can't afford to be doing you know frivolously angry kind of reactions like like we saw today and you've got to be accountable um yeah I just think what's I think what's you know interesting is you know he has not fronted up and as a result of that the conversation is open. Everyone is having their, you know, two cents. We're having our two cents on, you know, the passing shot podcast. Everyone is, you know, having their, you know, their thoughts kind of aired on, on Twitter. And, you know, it felt, it, you know, I think when you kind of look back on it, it felt, as you said, it, this has felt like an opportunity for him to kind of set this, you know, set the narrative and set the story in terms of, you know, putting the, you know, putting the apology, you know, potentially out there as, as, as early as um, possible. One, one tweet I am kind of looking forward to though, Kim, is Nick Kyrgios's next tweet. Oh, um, because, yeah. because he, you know, he has not been Novak Djokovic's fan. Um, well, for, you know, for the last while or so, um, he feel, it feels like any, any sort of tweet that he puts out is, is an attack on him. And you just feel that again, Nick Kyrgios is going to have something to say um, about about this situation. For sure. Um, yeah. I mean, will he... Will what do you he think he's going to say? What do you think he's going to say? Will he have been in bed? I'm just trying to work out the time difference. He might have been asleep. And I, he'll be... I want to know, yeah, when he wakes up, like, what he uh, what he thinks about it all. Uh, we'll be waiting with bated breath. But um, in other news, Joel, Shelby Rogers may be about to beat Petra Kvitova, which is one thing... Oh. That I we won't go too much into everything else that's happened today, but yeah, there's one thing I did not see coming. I, I was so sure that Kvitova was 100% going to uh, beat Shelby Rogers, and she's in a last set tiebreak. So there we go. It's been a day of of drama. I mean, I mean this was a Sunday. I mean, this was just meant to be. This was just meant to be a stress-free Sunday evening. You know, putting some tweets out, following it on live tech service. You on Amazon, live you know, on Amazon service. Prime. But it sounds like you're hey. in the 90s. Are you watch it like CFAT or something? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it is something. I think. I mean, just on a, a bigger point, I think this is in a in a again in a weird sort of way. This is why we. This is why we love tennis. This is why we love live tennis. Oh, it, what, so it can be so. Involved. It can be so unexpected. Yeah, I mean, live sport in general as well. Like we had a dramatic F one race today, so it's been a day of like everything happening. I think there was cricket that was suspended as well because someone tested positive. So yeah, it's all been happening. It's all been happening. And uh, yes, uh, I mean, yeah, listeners, let us know. What what do you think of Novak, Djoko- Novak Djokovic's actions? Did he deserve to be defaulted? Um, let us know. Should he, should he have apologised? Should he have fronted up 
um, to the media. What do you think this has impacted on his sort of PTPA launch? Um, you know, let us know. Um, you can contact the show um, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Passing Shot Pod. You can email the show as well, passingshotpod at gmail.com. And we will be back tomorrow for our business as usual um, round by round. Oh, Joe, uh, Joe, Joe, Joe. Kyrgios, Kyrgios has just tweeted. <laughs> oh, what's he tweeted? Amazing. Okay. Um, swap me for Joker's incident. Quote, accidentally hitting the ball kid in the throat. Uh, how many years would I be banned for? Okay, so he's saying if Kyrgios, if he had hit a ball kid in the throat, how many years would Kyrgios have been banned from tennis for? And he's he's done a poll, 5, 10 or 20 years. <laughs> Gosh. I mean, I get his point. You know, if it had been him, there would have been perhaps even more of a furore or maybe, I, I don't know, but um, interesting. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he must have been listening to us. He's, he's just tweeted after we mentioned him. How dare he interrupt the end of the podcast? But, I know, um, honestly. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess, I guess, like last kind of point actually on that is, you know, I think we kind of touched on it earlier was the fact that, you know, it it did take it did take a while for you know them to reach the decision of a default and. You know, I think Kyrgios does have a legitimate point here in terms of if this was another player, if this wasn't the world number one, if this was someone like, you know, a Nick Kyrgios, would it have been, you know, an an instant and default? Do you think, I mean, do you think, you know, Djokovic got, you know, special treatment to an extent, you know, as world number one, as one of the big three, that it took longer than it should have necessarily been? I think so. Yeah. I mean, I think if it had been someone else, it would have been straight up, straight out. And I don't know. Um, but there's <laughs> so many things to debate, but listeners, let us know your thoughts. Um, I mean, some of, a lot of them have already been in touch already on Twitter. So thank you for sharing your, your two cents worth. Um, there's so many things to discuss, isn't there, in and around the incident. So. And I'm sure we will be uh, on top of all of it um, for the for the rest of oh, going into week two. And uh, yeah, we will be back for our, uh, before I was rudely interrupted by Nick Kyrgios, so we will be back um, tomorrow evening for our uh, business as usual uh, round four catch up um, on all of the kind of tennis matches um, that have been going on uh, on Sunday and tomorrow. So I hope you can join us then for that. Remember to subscribe to The Passing Shot. Uh, for all the latest from Flashing Meadows, uh, whether that's an Apple podcast, Spotify, or your podcasting platform of choice. But yeah, I hope you have enjoyed listening to this emergency emergency pod. I think our inaugural emergency pod. Um, and uh, yeah, we will we will see you shortly. This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.